hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. They want to argue about it, but they don't know how because they actually can't define their terms. My slogans that I write are for me, too. You know, they're the stuff I need to hear. A lot of people are sitting at home watching the news, getting angry, trying to, what should we do about this thing? Your life's a wreck to start with. Why don't you fix your own life? Anyone's going to shape the world according to their own interests. And really, it's men's fault because they let them do it. You can't really divorce manliness from some kind of violence because that's what it comes from. And, And I think that if you're not talking about that, then you're lying a little bit. They've accepted a narrative that they're not going to be good at X, Y, and Z. Yeah, it's good to have the dudes who are just good at being men. They're handy, but uh, it's better to have men who are good at being men who you can actually trust. This is Jack Donovan, author of The Way of Men, and you are listening to The Wild Initiative. Put down your latte and pull on your boots. I would rest at peace for eternity if my legacy was that I made a positive influence on the non-hunting public about what hunters are and what hunting is. I finally got my buck on our last real day of hunting. So a pro-hunting organization is voting against hunting. And that says anti-hunting to me. There was a year straight where I was averaging up to 200 death threats a day. And I hugged it. Like, I just wanted to hug a bear. It's proven that the average steak in a grocery store touches 50 to 100 hands and machines. And we're putting that into our body. Hey, y'all, Cable Smith, host of the Lone Star Outdoors show here. This is Adam Weatherby. I'm Corey Jacobson with Elf 101. This is Christy Titus. Hey, folks, this is John Bear. You're listening to The Wild Initiative. Hey yo, welcome to episode 122 of The Wild Initiative. Before we get started, I want to say a big thank you to Sawyer Products for their continued support of the podcast. Y'all, if you are looking for the best in water filtration, insect repellent, sunscreen, and first aid, make sure y'all head on over to Sawyer.com. Check out Sawyer Products. I've been using their gear pretty much every single hunt I go on, and it is absolutely bulletproof. So make sure y'all check them out, Sawyer.com. Also, y'all, if you are starting a podcast or a brand, if you are an outfitter, a taxidermist, heck, even if you're a dentist or a burger joint and you need a website, I want you all to head on over to the website at thewildinitiative.com, click on the media tab, and there's an option there for website design, marketing, and branding. I want you all to click on there, check out some of the work I have done, and fill out a quote request form. Y'all, my prices are super reasonable, and I guarantee you will walk away very happy with the end result. So y'all head on over to the website, check out my marketing, branding, and website design services, and let's get you set up with the new website. 
All right, y'all, getting on to today's episode. I am doing it again. I'm throwing you for a bit of a loop because this episode is really not at all directly related to hunting. Now, hold on, hold on. Before you skip this episode and jump to a new show, I genuinely think you're going to find this episode really interesting. Y'all, I love to do a lot of reading, and I had an author recommended to me by a good buddy. The author's name is Jack Donovan, and he writes a series of books, but the one he's most known for is called The Way of Men. Y'all, in this This is a really interesting book. It really puts a voice to a lot of the issues that we see in our culture today uh, related to the decline and the vilification of masculinity. So ladies, unfortunately, you may not quite get as much out of this episode as the guys will, but who knows, you may gain some special sort of insight into, into men and masculinity. Who knows? So give it a listen. Jack is a very interesting guy, has a very unique perspective on things, and in his books has really put into words uh, just a lot of the things that I've been noticing and I've been feeling with regards to our culture. So enjoy episode 122 with Jack Donovan, author of The Way of Men. So another episode of The Wild Initiative. Jack, thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, Thanks for having me on. So uh, really, I always like to start out maybe just uh, the quick introduction of kind of who you are and Typically, uh, I ask people to give their introduction to how they got their start into hunting or the outdoors, but that's something I actually want to bring up a little bit later. So maybe just a quick introduction of kind of your background and who you are. Oh, well, uh, my name is Jack Donovan. I am an author. My most well-known book is titled The Way of Men. I started writing about masculinity at least 10 years ago. I don't have a, a background that a lot of my readers do. I have a lot of readers who are in the military and law enforcement and so forth. I went to art school. (laughs) Uh, But I think that allows me a different perspective. I can kind of uh, see things from a thousand foot view. And so I see the world in a little bit different way. And, and, uh, you know, as an artist and that kind of person, I, I gravitate towards archetypes and, and big concepts. So, uh, that uh, led me to write The Way of Men as I started realizing that masculinity was something that was being treated in a really negative way in society and that uh, something was being lost. And so that's why I started writing The Way of Men and, and uh, writing about all this. And uh, now it's how I make my living, which is bizarre. <laughs> you know, I found out, uh, you know, we were talking earlier, and I found out about your book through a good buddy of mine, uh, Jacob Herman, who lives out in Nashville. Um, and he suggested I read it. And one of the things I love about digging into your book is it's you really uh, define a lot of the issues that I think people see but can't really, I don't know, put voice to in a, in a coherent way to where you're like, okay, yeah, there's these attacks on masculinity. There's this direction you see the world going, but I don't really know how to define that in a concise manner. And you do that so well in the book and, and I'm kind of reading through it and I'm going, and I'm sitting there, I'm going, yeah, 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 no, that's what I'm exactly how I've been feeling. And you just, you really kind of define that. And I, uh, it, it really kind of speaks to me the whole book. Um, you know, and a lot of your background too is cause I, uh, I hang out with a lot of guys that are in the military law enforcement, uh, a lot of that group of guys 
but I mean, I'm like a comm design major. I've been a computer nerd my whole life. And I, like I think I told you earlier, as I, like I used to run Dungeons and Dragons games when I had the time before doing all this stuff. And so it's, you know, I saw a fantastic meme uh, yesterday that said, and this will probably upset people, but uh, <laughs> that, 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 that fantasy football is just Dungeons and Dragons for people who are not good at fantasy or football. <laughs> <laughs> so, so just, just uh, you know, you're just better at fantasy. That's all. I mean. <laughs> you know, it's. I love it. I honestly, I, I think D and D is is awesome. And I've actually talked to a lot of like these super just gnarly dudes, like hardcore guys, yeah. and I've kind of described to them what it actually is. And and I swear, if you asked, if I asked any of them on air, they deny it till the day they died. But you know, when we were over drink, just sit there talking, like, dude. That sounds really cool. So you mean like I can just play this big ass barbarian and do whatever the hell I want? I'm like, yeah, it's just literally whatever you want to do. It's you're creating right, a character right. and playing it. And I think, yeah, you know, you you're talking about you like those archetypes, and I think that's so much of what a lot of these fantasy novels and and things are about are are those archetypes in the world. Um, yeah. So maybe uh, for those who aren't familiar with the book, maybe give a, a little more, you know, in-depth just a description of what The Way of Men really is about. Well, as you said, uh, people sense that there's some kind of issue about masculinity and they hear all kinds of messages through the media and so forth. And the problem is that they, they want to argue about it, but they don't know how because they actually can't define their terms. And, uh, you know, they can't really articulate what masculinity is. They would just want to say, hey, that's wrong. It's not like that. <laughs> but they can't really dig into where it's coming from. So what I, I, I looked at what masculinity has been all throughout civilization. And a lot of people want to say that it's been different everywhere so that it's, there, it doesn't mean anything. But if you look at the that's all the superficial details change. Like, are you wearing a caftan or a kilt or armor or whatever? <laughs> those are all, those things change, but there are certain things that have always been the same and it, always and everywhere. Uh, you've never said, no one ever says that man who is weak is more masculine than the man who is strong. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's always and everywhere. Always true. I don't care if you're in India. I don't care if you're in Asia. I don't care where you are. Uh, and uh, the same thing is with all the other tactical virtues that I define the book. And I, and the reason why I think that we care about being men is because we've always, for most of our evolutionary history up until very, very recently, we've been hunting in survival bands and we needed to assess our peers and force them, either force them into a mold where they could function with us or you're going to have to be back at the camp with the women or get the hell out because they, you need these guys to be able to, you need to be able to depend on these guys. And what's been really gratifying is when I go out and I talk to shooting instructors and guys who have uh, seen combat and so forth, they start saying the same things that I'm saying in the way of men. I just came up with this stuff in my head and worked it out from looking at literature and so forth. But uh, they're teaching people in, you know, firearms classes, they're teaching tactical drills and they're like, you have to pay attention. And this is why, because you can get this guy killed. And this is, you have to be ready to back this guy up because if you don't, then everybody else, you know, it's all these things that I've said that men have always evaluated each other by. Uh, they're true in the, in, in an emergency. And that's, that's why we have this idea of masculinity. And that's why we have 
the need to assess each other and also to be recognized as being masculine because it's part of our can own our personal value. Uh, we have value as a man. Women have value in other ways without doing anything. Yeah. Men, <laughs> men, men just want women no matter what they do, <laughs> you know, but, uh, uh, you know, they, they have other ways of providing value. Like if, if you're a man and you're not, you're not, uh, carrying your own weight, people are looking at you like, what's wrong with you? So it's, uh, you know, there's, there's some funny things you, you brought up. There's something you said that reminded me of, of one of the things that really struck me in the book. Um, they, you talked about there is a difference. Uh, there's a difference between being a good man and being good at being a man. And you talked yes. about uh, like, you know, uh, uh, you were talking about, okay, you know, nobody has ever said a strong man isn't manly kind of a thing. Right. Um, and I always, I always thought, cause it's such a, you know, nobody wants to look at these kind of villains throughout history, you know, these big gnarly, crazy dudes and and be like oh yeah those are men right there you don't you don't want to say that but you look at it and you can't deny the fact that those are men like they were awful it's people but they're men. rationally true it's yeah. they're objectively and rationally manly and the thing is and that's what's interesting about it is that it's because we have this primal desire to be seen as men and to have other people who are not in our group be seen as a, they always say in war, you know, you have to dehumanize the enemy, but if you can emasculate them also even better. So anyone, anyone who's on the other side becomes not a real man. So if you, if you're not, if you're not doing what you're told by your group, if it, that's a really good way to manipulate men too. If you, mm -hmm. if you, if you want mm -hmm. them to behave in a certain way, you, all you have to say is, you know, well, pussy, if you don't, yeah, you know, exactly. like, all you have to say, all you have to say is you're not a real man unless you do this thing. And it's, you have to be really, you have to really know yourself to evaluate when you're just being used and when, uh, maybe you need to man up a little bit. You yeah. Know, there, there, there's a, there is a difference and, uh, it's easy to push that button on a lot of men, especially if they aren't confident in, in their own masculinity. Well, one of the, another interesting thing, uh, that relates to that is, how you talk about being a man isn't about how you're seen by women or the world in general. I mean, it's literally about your interaction with other men. That's what being a man is about. Um, and forgive me if I totally massacred that phrasing, but no, no, no. It's, it's really about, yeah, how other men see you. It's not, it's not about so many other things. That's, that's where, how we define a lot of being a man. I, did I phrase that correctly? Yeah. 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 Men create other men. Uh, men define masculinity. Uh, that is not something that women can do. And a woman cannot provide masculinity for you. And that's a mistake that men often make. And uh, the idea that if I just find a woman, then she'll make me a man. And that's not how that works. And also, then if she decides she doesn't like you anymore, now you're not a man anymore. And that's, that's also a problem. <laughs> uh, so you, you get your masculinity. And also, really, you're a man in a vacuum if you aren't tested against other men. You're just, you have your own idea of your manhood, which you could inflate to being quite fantastic. You know, but <laughs> <laughs> you don't... 
if you go out and test that masculinity against the masculinity of other men, you may find that it is not so fantastic after all. And uh, you, maybe you need a lot of, you do you do a lot of work. Uh, you know, you know, I, I have to force myself out into situations that I would much rather be at home, you know, in many cases, <laughs> you know, but uh, you have to go, go out and push yourself to do a thing and it makes you better. You know, it makes you better and it makes you more confident because you've gone out and overcome something. I mean, I can tell you this. I mean, I probably shouldn't tell anyone this, but uh, yesterday, well, on Thursday, I got choked out. Like I went to sleep, like for the second time in oh. jujitsu. And I've only really been do doing it for about five, four or five months. So that, that feels like a lot. That feels like too many times, <laughs> you know? But I also fight really hard and I'm a big guy. And, and so people push back really hard against me. It's not, I'm not like someone you feel sorry for and just move around. Uh, you know, big, big guys want to go hard with me and, and I don't want to give up. So I'll, I'll, I'll fight chokes and stuff like that. And, uh, but you know, I went to sleep the other day that, you know, the first time I was like, Oh, whatever that happens. Second time I was like, you know, a little bit of that, that you know, the same kind of when I got knocked out, uh, I've been knocked out a couple of times in boxing and, uh, you know, after that happens for a little bit, you're like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. <laughs> you know? You're like, I can just go to sleep at any time. What's going to happen? Uh, but, you know, you have to overcome that. And uh, last night I went into my jiu-jitsu place and uh, it was a different, it was a different place. I go to two different places and this, uh, I didn't have anyone to roll with. And I just told my instructor that I had gotten a t choked out recently and and so then the black belt wants to roll with me. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm not really ready for that right now. I'm not feeling in, in my head. I'm like, I, I'm, maybe not, you know, like that's, I'd rather roll with someone easy right now. Cause I'm, I'd like to just get my feeling back of going, but you know, he's like, no, no, no. I know what happened here. We'll just work on some shit, whatever. And so I rolled with him and then I went, went a little harder with the next guy. And you know, you have to, if you don't put yourself into a situation like that, where you're, you're just a little scared for a minute, you're not going to grow. You're not, you're not going to grow at all. And, and, you know, I think that applies to almost everything. And I've had, I have to do that a lot of times. I wrote an essay. Uh, I'm not sure if it's an essay or not, maybe it, it's in, it's in one of my books. Uh, I sell this thing called the conflict by rune. And, and, and one of the uh, slogans that goes with it is uh, life is conflict, peace is death. And, and uh, I've had many times where I have to be like, all right, Jack Donovan, <laughs> life is conflict. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I, I, my slogans that I write are for me too. You know, there's <laughs> stuff I need to hear. Uh, you, so, you know, it's one of those things where it's, I feel like this is so applicable to so much of my audience because, you know, this is primarily a podcast about hunting, but it's, it's one of those things, you know, especially the, a lot of the people that, that I reach out to are people that, uh, did not grow up with granddad walking around with granddad's gun in the back country. They might be from the city or they may just have not been exposed to kind of like hunting and the outdoors and all of this stuff for their whole life, but they want to get into it for whatever reason. And so, I mean, you know, my first hunt, uh, two years ago, I went on, you know, I did one of the ar arguably most difficult hunts. I went on a solo back country archery elk hunt uh, on public <laughs> land. Uh, yeah. just because I, one, one, I thought that I just, I learned about that. Like I went in September, I learned about it for the first time in January of that year. And I was just like, this is 
legitimately the most badass thing I've ever seen in my life is archery elk hunting in the back country and you go in solo and I'm like, I have to do this. I, it, it, it may not be easy, but I have to do this because it, it's challenging. It's, there's that element of danger. There's, and that's something else you talk about is our minds crave that element of danger. And, and so I feel like what you're saying is just, is so applicable to this audience is, you know, we, I may, I've spent 30 years, you know, effectively living a sedentary life that, you know, I worked in an office, I did a few things outside now and again, I, you know, I did jujitsu in high school for a little bit and a few things here and there. And I, I dabbled in them and I, I always felt good, but I needed more. So I, I decided to go stretch myself and challenge myself and put myself in a little bit of danger. And it's completely changed my life and taken over my life since then. Um, so I can definitely relate to that concept of, you know, having to put yourself in those situations to, to really grow. And yeah, I mean, that's, uh, how you, that's how you get to the next level, right? I mean, that's how you get to the, that's how you, you level up in your DA knee game of life. Uh, that's, <laughs> that, I mean, that's how, that's how you get to the next level. You don't get to the next level by not, not overcoming anything, right? You have to overcome, you know, the, the, this, this challenge to get to the next one, the, the harder one. And if you don't, you know, if you don't put yourself in challenging situations, just never, you never grow. And I bet you're probably a more interesting person to talk to now than you were before you put yourself in those situations and more people are going to seek out and more people are going to want to hear what you have to say. Oh, I can imagine. And, and it's one of those funny things because it was a spectacularly unsuccessful trip. It wasn't just unsuccessful. It was like crash and burn. I tore the meniscus in both of my knees and like had to call in a buddy to like help pack me out and all this crazy crap. And it's one of those things to where, you know, you talk about overcoming these challenges, overcoming doesn't necessarily mean being successful in that sense. It's, it's making it through and, and going again. Um, like, like you got choked out, but right, right, you yeah, didn't yeah. say, uh, you know, you may have felt like saying, uh, uh, screw this shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> like, maybe this isn't for me. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I saw this infographic, you know, a lot of the uh, military guys have this thing that goes around like, did you die? And it was, (laughs) did you die? And if, if, if the answer was that you didn't die, then it was a good adventure. (laughs) Did you die? You know, like no matter what happens, if you didn't die, it was a good adventure. It's, it's, you know, the stories I think are the best part. And you learn so much more from those times when you do get hit really hard. I mean, you learn stuff from success. You definitely do. But mm-hmm. you learn so much more from those times you get hit and you then get back up and can learn yeah. to duck. <laughs> you, you learn what not to do. Yeah, you learn, I don't know how to do it that way again. You know? <laughs> I mean, that, that is where you get a little bit of the, of the wisdom of age, I think, in men. You know, there's a lot of things you can learn on the internet, whatever. But, uh, you know, if you've gone out and tried some stuff and, and uh, screwed up, uh, a lot you're like you're a little bit more careful next time <laughs> like yeah but maybe maybe you take a little more time pre- pre- preparing for that you know, <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> something like that you know you'll you'll make a little smarter choices maybe you know so 
back to kind of talking about masculinity in general and where our society is heading. You know, we, I think it's pretty, pretty evident. I don't think we really need to reiterate that. Yes, there are attacks on masculinity in this society and kind of the direction things are heading, but what do you see as, I mean, you know, and I, I, I don't know if there's a cut and dry solution, but maybe what are, what are steps? Like what, what can someone do to help improve things? Maybe in the short term, what are, what are some solutions for the long term? Where, where can we go with this? Well, I know that's a load, super uh, loaded question too. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I just think, you know, saving the world is, is above my pay grade. <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, and it's above most of our pay grades, to be honest. I mean, we everybody thinks, well, if we could just come up with a solution and get everybody on board, and that never happens. Uh, you know, it, it's there's billions of dollars moving around. There's all kinds of interests that we don't even know about. And it, you have to deal with the things that you can influence in your own world. And that's been a big thing. My slogan that I go by uh, it has been start the world for a long time. And I think that you have to influence the things around you first and uh, control your own environment because a lot of people are sitting at home watching the news, getting angry, trying to, what should we do about this thing? Your life's a wreck to start with. Why don't you fix your <laughs> own life? And then, and then stop trying to run everybody else's life because you, you don't even know what you're doing yet. And I think that that's, you know, focus on yourself, focus on the people around you. And, uh, but also, you know, be careful about where you compromise too much. Uh, you know, I, I think that one of the things I, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to speak in Orlando in a, in, a, in a month here. And one of the things that is really important to me is uh, male spaces. And that's something that we've really lost. And it was intentional. Uh, it was intentional there. I mean, we used to have Elks clubs and all kinds of, I mean, we still do, but they're all integrated. Yeah. There used to be all these men's organizations where like, this is where men go. And really the workplace was a men's organization up until like, you know, the fifties. And, uh, you know, that, that was a whole, an all male environment. So you got to go out and be a man and, and do all these things that I'm talking about in whatever way, whether it's in some corporate way or some other way, but you had to interact with men and play this little game with them, this little status hierarchy thing that you did. And then you could go home to your, to your wife and relax and chill out. But now women are in that in space the entire, and you don't really have the way, the same opportunity to interact with men because that changes the environment. That changes the way that men interact with each other because they police their words differently and they, 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 you know, change what's said and, and what's done. And so I think protecting male spaces and the guy who can stand up and say, you know what, this, this is actually a, a guy's thing. We're just, we're just going to go out on, I don't care whether it's a hunt. I don't care if it's a bowling trip. I don't care. I don't care what it is, but the guy who can say, no, this is just for the guys. And there's always going to be the one guy where like, you know, if it was a hunting trip, there's going to be like, but my girlfriend's really good with a gun. <laughs> well, that's, that's great. But she will change the entire dynamic of the entire thing. And it's not because she's bad and it's not because she's evil. It's just because men relate to each other differently when there are females present. And you're and not saying, and it's not saying that, just to clarify, because I'll get emails. Okay. You're not oh, saying sure. that yeah. women shouldn't be out hunting. You're not saying that men and women can't do stuff together, can't go hunting together, no. can't work together, no. can't do any of this stuff. Sure. You're just saying 
guys need guy time to do yes, guy things exactly. and be men together. Yeah. 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 I, my, my, I still have a career because I don't tell women what to do ever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't try to tell women what to do. It's a, it's a bad, bad road to go down. Uh, but uh, I do tell men what to do or, or would at least give them advice. And uh, I think that uh, you lose something if you don't have that guy time and, and really the women lose it too, because uh, men are better men when they're confident and they're proven and they have some kind of, anchor and some relationship. As I said, we need that feedback from other men. And if they're not getting it, they're going to be uh, just lesser men. And I think we're just spiritually more whole if we have that. And so I think that, you know, I think you got to be the guy who defends that and uh, said, you know, sets aside that time for yourself, really, you know, and, and one of the points I make, I think in the, in the more complete beast to, you know, my kind of third book, there's more, but the third important book in the series is that all of, you know, feminism in the modern world and so forth is set up so that women can live their best life. And when do, do I, do men get to not live their best life then? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, that's that if they're saying it's not zero sum, then don't make it zero sum. Yeah. You know, if, if, you know, men also, that's what men need to be the best versions of themselves that they can be. And, you know, I think that, uh, to, to take that away from them is taking away something that's really important. And you see it and there's a lot of male depression and there's a lot of problems in society that I think are created because men don't know how to be men. Well, you know, you look at a lot of, uh, things like veteran suicide, even, uh, to mm-hmm. where there's, a lot. I mean, and there's there's more to it than obviously than than just this. But you you have these guys that are in an environment where they are, to some extent, arguably like living the epitome of what it is to be a man twenty four seven, nonstop, mm-hmm. all of that. Then suddenly they're thrust back into this society where all of their opportunity to live live out their masculinity is mm-hmm. removed and they're not only is that opportunity removed they're expected to completely shut it down uh a hundred percent and especially it's got to mm-hmm. be even worse in today's society and i mean to some extent that has to contribute to that depression and those you know that that percentage of, of veterans that do commit oh, suicide I, I, absolutely i mean I've, I've talked to a lot of guys that that um yeah, they always talk about transitioning them back into the regular world. Well, it's not a great world for them to transition back into. And, uh, you know, if, if you've been spending the last, you know, four, eight, 10, 12 years, uh, learning how to kill people or defend space or however you want to talk about it, uh, learning how to provide excellent customer service is an entirely different mindset. <laughs> <laughs> It's not, you know, you get rewarded for things that you would be that they they're the rewards that they're seeking are are the exact opposite of the rewards they were seeking before. Hey, can you sit and be submissive all day? You know, and and not submissive in a yes, sir. Now I'm going to go punch something or, you know, shoot something or whatever. But in a yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you had that experience. You know, like I mean, that, that, that's you know, that's that's their life now, and that's hard to transition. And so it's hard for them to find the right, the right 
way to look at that and also just the right job uh, that, it, it, you know, because they aren't protect, their masculinity isn't valued in the same way. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing kind of in, you talk in the book, uh, just literally about the differences in wiring between men and women. And, you know, you, you look at the way the world's going, the way people are acting and, it's, I think it's interesting because most people would, would start reading this book expecting you to like put fault on women for this or put fault on men. And you don't, you just say, you know, it's like, okay, this is men. This is our nature. This is what we need and how we need to live. This is women and this is their nature. And of course they're going to try and, you know, form society in their image. You're like, it's what you no, would expect them no. to do. Why wouldn't they? You know. Yeah. No. No one. When you give people power, they don't want to give it away. You know. <laughs> like yeah. you know. Like they, Why would you? Do, you know. They. Of course. You know. Like why would any anyone's going to shape the world according to their own interests? And really, it's men's fault because they let them do it. Uh, so so like they. <laughs> it's not women. Women aren't bad. They're the same. They've always been. They're they're just they're just. You know, they're going to put some curtains on the universe if you don't let if you, if you don't tell them not to. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, you know, I thought that was, I, I really appreciate your book because I think your perspective and how you come at things is very, I don't want to say neutral, but it's uh, nature-based, fact-based. It's not like you're uh, trying to demonize one side or the other or anything. And, uh, you know, it's 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 an interesting perspective and it it's almost, it's very disarming when you, uh, I think when you come at the book and you're expecting expecting one thing or the other. And so it's, it's, I really appreciated that in the, in your writing. Cool. Yeah. I just, I just tried to be honest, but uh, you know, most of the books about masculinity that were written before that now there's better, not, not, not better than the way of men, but there's, <laughs> there's, there's, be, there's better stuff that's come out, you know, like the, 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 the market is changing a little bit and there's a lot of different guys talking now who weren't talking when I was writing that book. But a lot of the books that were written about masculinity before that book were, they like opened with an apology and they kept apologizing Aye. to women the entire way through. This isn't this, and this isn't that. And, and a, that's not a very masculine way to write a book uh, because you're, 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 when you're apologizing the whole way, that's not very assertive. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, by apologizing like that, it just, it, it waters down their message. And, and it doesn't sound, you know, like I said, it doesn't sound confident at all. And, and I think that men need, to hear that message of confidence as well. So who are, uh, who are maybe some of your heroes, some of the guys you admire that you think really embody masculinity? Who, who does Jack Donovan look up to? Um, well, masculinity uh, is its own thing. Uh, so uh, there's a specific set of qualities I may that, you know, that I talked about in the way of men. So the guys who embody that are going to be very, similar guys uh, you know they are going to be the you know the guys who've done special forces i mean that's they're they're the people who are doing the job that i talk about in the way of men uh, <laughs> they're going to be people who exhibit those qualities now do i necessarily admire those guys in every other aspect of life not necessarily some of them are really cool uh some of them are just all around awesome dudes and some of them probably aren't <laughs> but uh, you know so i i look to there are other qualities I, I admire aside from masculinity. That's just, but as men, you know, who, who embodies those characteristics, I, I mentioned them on different podcasts that maybe got uh, put in the uh, 
trash can or never aired or whatever for months because it recorded months ago and never came out. It was a really big deal thing they flew me out for. Hmm. Uh, but uh, but uh, I, I mentioned him. I told him I did because I've met uh, Josh Barnett a few times and he he former UFC heavyweight mm-hmm. world champion, catch wrestler and all that stuff. I mean, there's a I mean that's that's a guy who's made his entire living being a man. <laughs> you know, doing manly things <laughs> in conflict with other men. Uh, you know, and and I, I know other guys who do. I'm actually a professional fighter uh, out of uh, Salt Lake City, uh, uh, Josh Tyler, who also has podcasts and things like that. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, like he, he also fights for a living and talks about all these things. So there are a lot of guys who do that kind of thing. And as far as fulfilling a manly role, I mean, that's you can't really divorce manliness from some kind of violence because that's what it comes from. And, and I think that if you're not talking about that, then you're lying a little bit. And, and you know, so masculinity it's, it has a root in violence, whether it's violence against nature, which is what your, your, your podcast is about violence against nature. <laughs> you know, in and, uh, you know, like, I mean, it's uh, the and, truth. And it's the truth. You know, it's true. Right. I mean, uh, it sounds mean cause we're so tuned to everything being child safe, but it's, I mean, it's violence against you. You're going to kill things. You know, we're doing, men who are doing that role of hunting and fighting. I mean, that's the traditional role of men and, and not even traditional cause that sounds programmed, but that's just the role that we're designed to do. And that we're designed to do that a little bit better than women. Not to say that we're always better than women at it in every single individual case, but generally speaking, that's where men excel and that's where they have evolved to excel over all of human history because it was their job. You know, you mentioned you talk about uh, so much manliness. You can't be divorced with violence. And it's it's kind of funny. It's uh, to some extent, it's pretty much embracing the arguments used against masculinity. And and, you know, you talk about that and it's pretty much uh, like, oh, you know, well, you talk about, uh, you know, masculinity in these cultures. And but those cultures were, you know, like violent and brutish. And you're like, yeah. That's the point. Also known as successful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those other cultures are talking about they didn't win. <laughs> what a, in other words, what other cultures? Because they didn't yeah, they exactly. did not make it into the history books. <laughs> they weren't. Yeah, they got yeah, one yeah, sentence, not a chapter. There's been there uh, there have been a lot of matriarchal cultures that have survived. I'm just saying. Uh, oh, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. Am I gonna have to put a trigger warning at the front of this podcast? Oh no! <laughs> I mean, I just feel like my face is a trigger warning at this point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this one will not be for the faint of heart. Oh well, oh darn. Yeah, uh, which is gonna... sad because I'm pretty reasonable and not really saying anything. <laughs> I know, crazy, but I know yeah. it's. Uh... That's just how the way the world is. Hey, y'all, we're going to pause right here for just a minute because I feel like an episode about masculinity is the perfect time to talk to you about the guys over at Live Bearded. Y'all, all through hunting season and generally the winter, I absolutely love to grow out my beard. The problem is after a few weeks... 
I generally just start to look like a homeless guy. And let's face it, that does not help me at all with the ladies. And trust me, I need as much help as I can get. Well, y'all, cue the guys over at Live Bearded. They hooked me up with their newest line of product. And I'll tell you what, my beard has never looked better. I mean, I might even dare to say that I look ruggedly respectable. And y'all, my beard has never smelled better. We're not talking lilac and lavender here. We're talking manly, earthy scents like sandalwood, eucalyptus, and pine. And for those of y'all that want to make sure your beard's looking good for that grip and grin before you go out into the woods, they also have products that are completely unscented. And what's even better is that Live Bearded is giving away $10,000 in cash to do whatever you want with. Think about the amount of tags and gear you can buy with $10,000 in cash. Every $5 you spend at LiveBearded.com is an entry. And as a special deal for my podcast listeners, if you use code TWI10, you'll get 10% off your purchase. You also head on over to LiveBearded.com, check out their awesome products, get entered to win that $10,000, and make sure y'all use code TWI10 to get 10% off your order. Good, good. Anyway, to, I want to I want to uh, change gears a little bit just because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we were talking earlier about hunting and you yeah. mentioned you are going on your first hunt this year, which is super exciting for me. Uh, I'm super excited to hear that. So I, I really want to hear about uh, really how you kind of got introduced to hunting. And uh, I really want to hear about you getting ready for your first hunt and what, where you're going and stuff. Cool. Well, I don't know where we're going yet. Uh, we're going to sit and figure that out. We were going to do that the other weekend, but we never got around to it. Well, uh, uh, but, what, uh, what state are, uh, what state are you going to be hunting in? What, uh, what will you be hunting? Uh, what t- all my tags are in Oregon. Okay. Awesome. Uh, so, uh, as I, I, we talked a little bit earlier and, uh, I, I am going out with my best friend, Jesse, and I've known him for like a decade and he always went out with his dad, but this year his dad's getting older and he's like, I just want to go hunting. And, uh, and so he, uh, he said, Hey, do you, you want to go? And I've wanted to go for years. I mean, obviously I wrote a book on manliness. It's on my list, <laughs> but, uh, and, and as we were talking about earlier, I didn't realize that this was kind of the theme of your podcast is that, uh, you know, it's a big project, you know, to, to do it by yourself. A lot of guys, you know, I'll read guys who will comment on my stuff on Instagram or whatever. And they're like, Oh, well, yeah, just go down and blah, 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 blah. No, you grew up with hunting all your life. You're, you're, dad took you out, your grandpa, your uncles took you out. You have land. You already know where the land is to shoot on. You're, you're going to go to X place. Cause that's where we go. We've always found the, that's where the deer are. You know, you have the, you already, you're going to borrow this guy's gun or you've already had one or you, you've been collecting them since you were 12. You know, it's, if you start from zero, it's a huge project. And so I just have never got into it for that reason, because I'm like, well, I didn't really sit, feel like sitting and doing all the research. And I just figure at some point I'll get an opportunity in the way that, you know, shooting guys kind of contact me and, and I get to go and do that or whatever. And, uh, so I don't know if we'll get anything or not. Uh, we, I have, uh, I think deer elk, deer and elk tags. And then he told me I needed to get bear and cougar tags. And I was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, well, in case we see one and I was like, all right, that's fair. And so I, I have those. And so, uh, you know, he's going to, give me a, let me borrow a gun. Cause I mean, I mean, they, they don't let you shoot that stuff with AR 15s, I guess. Brown you know? <laughs> <laughs> on that. Uh, but, uh, uh, so I, you know, he's going to let me borrow one of his rifles and so forth. And, 
and I think we're going to go out and find some public land uh, and and just see what happens. Uh, yeah, it'll just man. be an experience to get get set up, and then you know maybe it'll be next year that I get something. I don't know, you know. But I mean, it's a shame. I, I have the funny thing is that you know it's just the legality of things. I have five acres of land uh, that I own in in Washington, and every time I go out there, there are five, a whole family of deer crossing in front of my truck. <laughs> But I don't think that I don't even know if, how much it would get cost for me to get tags there, whether I get some because I own property. I don't <laughs> I have to research all that as well. And, you know, how I how I have to shoot them or whatever. I, I'd have to figure that out by myself because it's I don't live in that state. So it's an out of state deal. Oh, interesting. So, so like, this is this is just property you own in Washington. Yeah. But you're an Oregon yeah, resident. Yeah, I have a house in Oregon, but uh, the the land I own called Valdgang, it's kind of where I have I give talks and so forth. Uh, that's in Washington, so I, that's where all the it's like five acres. So and and it's it's called Goldendale is actually called a sportsman's paradise uh, because uh, as the realtor told me when I was buying land there, she's like. They're like rats here. You can't. Even, <laughs> deer are like rats. They're everywhere. You can't, I've seen them like walk through the town, you know. But uh, so I mean, they're all they're all around. But you know, I think you know, I'd, I'd have to figure out how to get tags uh, to shoot them. Yeah, let's see. A non. I'm I'm looking at it right now. A non-resident just for are deer. It up. <laughs> oh heck yeah. Yeah. Just for yeah, deer. Yeah. Uh, non-resident deer license is four hundred and thirty-four bucks. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I looked that one up with myself. I'm like, that's a little pricey. Yeah. That's, that's tough. Um, for that's deer more than the taxes I pay on the land for yeah. the year, I think $500 for the taxes, you know, and it's, it's always one of those, it's one of those crazy things to where like every time I buy tags, I sit and I grumble and I get butt hurt and I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's so freaking yeah. expensive to buy tags. But then also I know where that money's going and it goes towards sure. the benefit of wildlife. And so I kind of, it's a lot easier of a pill to swallow than when yeah. I'm paying four and a half bucks a gallon for gas or when I, right. <laughs> you know, having to, yeah. uh, watching that, that, that refund number drop in TurboTax when I'm, <laughs> when I'm filling out stuff. So it's, I'm like, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I haven't seen that happen a long time. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, but yeah, no, I, I feel the same way. I mean, uh, I've, I've known people, especially people pretty outdoorsy in Oregon and Washington. Uh, but I've known people who grumble about paying the whatever parking fees at the, the trailheads and stuff like that. And I'm like, the government takes mm -hmm. my money for things I hate so much more. <laughs> <laughs> like maintaining this nice trail so I can go hiking. I'm you like, know, I'm going to, I'm going to save my energy. Like the to only hate, good hate thing the government things. does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I'm like the fishing game departments are pretty much the only government entities that I don't absolutely hate. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. Um, it almost might be, I wonder, I wonder what non-resident tags are for Oregon. It almost might be worth you switching it up and, uh, and declaring residency in Washington <laughs> on your other land. <laughs> there are all kinds of benefits to that, probably even ta tax benefits, but, uh, that's, it's a very big project. <laughs> it starts getting real tricky, yeah. real tricky. But... I had to move my business over there and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when, uh, when is your, when is your hunt? When are you guys well, heading out? Um, 
this fall, he, it, you know, we, we kind of laughed about it and uh, I have to speak in Orlando in, in towards the end of October. So I think we're probably going to go after that because I, I have to kind of prep for that speech and that's where my head has to be. Yeah. But uh, when we get back, I, I, th- I thought there was a very s- small window, but Jesse's like, no, we have till the end of the year. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> we'll figure it out then. It's not that, it's not, that, not a lot of pressure. So sometime uh, probably like Halloween or after. I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, I'm yeah, super yeah. excited. So I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, what are, what are some of the chat? We talked a little bit about them, but what are some of the challenges uh, you've, you've really started recognizing as you've been preparing, getting ready for this hunt? Well, I haven't, I haven't done a ton of work yet. I, we were just honestly, even there are a lot of things that people like don't really realize even uh, where to shoot a rifle. Uh, because mm-hmm. you know, the, the, just getting enough a place with enough range. I think we talked about that a little bit. And that was actually my first thing. I brought my buddy Jesse up here the other uh, week. And I, I asked uh, the guys in town here, because uh, I've only lived in this small town for almost two years now. And I still don't, I don't know where the, the place where everyone shoots is. You know, there's, that's, mm-hmm. that's always something tricky to find. Because unless you, you have the formal range, but a lot of gun ranges are just like pistols and maybe some ARs yeah. or whatever. Yeah, something that has enough range to, to shoot a rifle, that's, you know, that's a different kind of property. And so we went out and found a place, I think, that, that, that I could go out and, you know, just get used to shooting that particular rifle. And that's probably the first project. Uh, just to get a feel for that. That shouldn't be too hard. I've taken a long range shooting class before. I mean, it's way mathier than anything that I'll ever get into, but uh, <laughs> you did the thing with the scopes and the sighting and like, you know, like the windage and all that. Uh, I hope we're not shooting that far, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, that was pretty fun. I actually like that kind of shooting. It's very Zen. Um, I actually, uh, I was just recently, I, I went on a, uh, uh, 6,000 mile or, or no, this one was actually an 8,000 mile road trip around the U S I had a conference that I was going to and just kind of kept going. Um, but I stopped, uh, visited some friends in Texas and they took me out to a uh, triple C range out in Texas. And a mm-hmm. uh, buddy of mine, he's big gun guy. He works for uh, uh cell Mark. They make like sight Mark scopes, pulsar night vision, a uh, lot of, a lot of awesome gear. And uh, so he's, you know, he's got all the toys. He's got all the connections, all of these like nice high end, just built to not like nothing rifles. And so we were out and I'd never shot, I've never really shot past between six and 700 yards. Uh, yeah. I've, I've shot out, you know, with my, I have an M1 Garand that I love shooting. It's my favorite 1939 five digit serial mm-hmm. number. And it's, I still shoot it out to 600 with iron sights. It's an amazing rifle. But that's pretty much the furthest I've ever shot. I shot a, a little bit further on one of my recent hunts at 625. But he's like, you've never shot a thousand yards? Oh, we got to do this. So he took me out. And he's like, you know what? We're going to skip a thousand yards. We're going to go straight to uh, 1500. I'm like, all right. Yeah. So we shot out right. to 1500. Then they took me out to a mile. Then they took me out to 2000 yards. And that's yeah. the coolest thing in the world. I mean, like... Once again, like probably doing this by myself, the math is, I, I agree with you. The math is, uh, I struggle with it. Um, I can really do the have basic to know what stuff. you're doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can do the basic stuff, sighting in for, you know, a couple hundred yards, but yeah. that far, there's so much more that's, I would need to learn a lot more. But it was just, it is, it's the most Zen thing. And it's just that yeah. coolest feeling when you hear your spotter, you know, 
you know, yell that, that you got contact. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like oh, it's a, it's a guy. I'll have to show, I'll have to show you the video at some point. Uh, I'll send it over to yeah. you or something, but it was just, it's such a cool feeling uh, shooting long distance, but yeah, not the most practical. Uh, it's good to have the skill, but not the most practical for, for hunting deer. You're not shooting those at 2000 yards. At least I hope not. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh man. So this is, your first hunt, uh, what, what are you looking forward to most about the hunt? Um, just uh, like anything else, I mean, uh, we, we were talking about jiu-jitsu. Sometimes you just have to put the time in. You start mm-hmm. out by putting the time in, and that's actually just how I'm looking forward to it, maybe just because um, I'm, you know, older. And so I'm like, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to put the time in and at least do it once, and then, then we'll do it the next time. And then, you know, like maybe I'll get mm-hmm. better at it or whatever, or we'll get luckier or whatever. Because I hear about guys going on hunts so often that they don't get anything. So my expectations are pretty – I'm not assuming that it's going to be glorious, <laughs> you know. But if it's glorious, that would be great. But uh, – and, you know, I, I feel pretty confident in my buddy because, uh, you know – I, you know, I've, I've killed things. I, I kill goats and stuff sometimes out of my land and so forth. So we, we've, we've, uh, uh, you know, skinned things together and so forth. So I'm not Processed really worried animals about animals and all of that. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, yeah, I butcher them badly, you know, at, at home, <laughs> you know, by myself. I mean, I've done all that, so I'm not super worried about that, yeah. but, uh, uh, you know, I just assume we're going to walk around a lot in the cold and maybe if we'll get lucky and take a shot and hope I don't screw it up, you know, like that's, yeah. that's kind of where I'm at with it. Well, you know what? Regardless of whether you even see an animal, I guarantee it'll be glorious. Whether <laughs> if it's miserable, <laughs> I'll take it. if it's miserable and grinds you into the dirt, yeah. it will still be glorious because oh, well, that's true. Y- you know you're out with not a, the biggest tribe, but you're out with your gang, you're out with your tribe, and yep. you're you're developing those bonds even further. You're you're experiencing those hardships and that danger. And I mean, you know, you're on public land and sometimes that, that can be the wild west. You never know, man. Um, (laughs) All right. (laughs) It's a, you know, it's, it's just crazy. You never know what to expect on public land. You know, you, a lot of these ranches, you know, there, it's a lot more of a controlled situation, but um, especially later in the season, you don't know what, you know, the weather can, the weather can cause all kinds of stuff. You know, the animals are there. There's other people wandering around in the woods and you never know if they're doing something stupid or, you know, so it's an yeah, exciting yeah. experience, man. It's, you can never really know what to expect. You can plan as much as you want, but, uh, you are, you will get hit and you will be all the better for it. So I'm, I'm super excited for you on your first hunt, man. So as we're kind of winding down here, uh, one thing I always like to kind of end with, and I, I kind of want to phrase it in a, in a unique way for you, um, you know, say somebody maybe started in on reading, reading one of your books or even just is aware of who you are and, and reaches out and sa- it says, you know, dude, I'm just an, I'm just an office drone, nine to five. Maybe I play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I don't know, man. I just, I, I go to work, I come home, I put my kids to bed. I watch some TV with my wife, go to bed, wake up, do the same thing again. That's my life. I don't really have anything else. Maybe just this, this whole life isn't for me. What, I don't know, what, what kick in the ass would you give them to, to motivate them? Well, if you don't want to wake up from the matrix, you don't have to, <laughs> you, know, like, you know, I mean, it's, it's not, 
it's if you don't if nothing's wrong continue you know if 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 nothing's really wrong continue but are are you saying that nothing's wrong because you're afraid of challenging yourself or you're saying nothing's wrong and then your wife bosses you around all day and you kind of want to die you know is it are are you really i don't like the word happiness because happiness Mm -hmm. is uh superficial uh and transient uh but I always go with fulfilled. Yeah, fulfilled is much better. Fulfilled is much better word. You know, are you really fulfilled? Do you are you gonna die with a, a million regrets of things? Are there a lot of things that you want to try that you're not trying and you've just given up on? And I think that that's if if you're answering those questions in, in a way that would lead you to say, yeah, I, I should probably be doing something else with my life, then you need to do that because uh, you you only get the one. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and it goes fast <laughs> you know you you only get so much time and uh so i would say to that guy yeah if, you, if you're really fulfilled with your life you know but a lot of people just they stay in that because they just they've decided they've accepted a narrative that they're not going to be good at x y and z you know i'm not good at i i had this one bad experience with this thing the one time and therefore, I'll never do that again, or never mm-hmm. I'll be I'll never be good at that. And there's also an idea that if you're not going to be the best, that you shouldn't do it. And let me tell you, as as a, as an I'm going to be 45 this month, and and I'm never going to be the best at almost anything. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, at this point, you know, I'm like I'm not. Yeah, I like boxing, and yeah, we like jujitsu, and yeah, I like uh, I like lifting and all those things. But I'm never going to be the best at any of them. Yeah, I'm not going to the Olympics, <laughs> you know, like I'm not, uh, you know, I could be really, really good and I could be a lot better than I am now. And that's a lot better than sitting here wishing that I, you know, just accepting being a fat slob on the couch, you know, and, uh, and never doing anything with my life and never getting out there and challenging myself in any way. And I, th- I think that, you know, if you got out there and tried some things, like you said, if if you get out and go on your hunt and tear your meniscus and and, and uh, <laughs> you know have a horrible experience, but you you became better for it, uh, you'll feel better about that than you will be like, wow, I am still watching reruns of Friends. <laughs> <laughs> You're like I have been watching reruns of Friends for fifteen years, <laughs> you know, like that's you know, or whatever. You know, if you at least I'm watching reruns of Sons of Anarchy here. It's it's a little bit, well, yeah, yeah. a little bit better. Well, yeah. There you go. There, there, there. <laughs> you're in a motorcycle gang. Well, you probably don't actually wish you're in a motorcycle gang, but uh, you know, it's it's uh, it, there's a lot of people. Yeah, just watching. Well, I mean, that's such a good point right there. It, yeah. It's such an interesting point because that alone, like I look at these shows I watch and the shows that I really gravitate to. There's some stuff I watch because you know how it's funny and it's entertaining. You know, sure. whatever. But the shows that I really grab, like Sons of Anarchy to this day is probably my favorite series that has ever been. Like, uh, I never rewatch TV shows. <laughs> um, and, but I look at, why is that? Is it probably because I felt like there was something missing? And what is that show about? It is about the gang male gang dudes drama. it's yeah, yeah male yeah. gang drama <laughs> like yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, it's about it's about man drama is basically what it is yeah, yeah i mean and those are guys that are masculine dudes they are good at yeah. being men 
but yep not one single one of those dudes is a good man like just to bring that up also true. that point yes. again like but and you know what though in a good way you know as as we get through this uh is those are also not mutually exclusive yeah yeah you know and and uh you i think you have to be honest and and admit that being good at being a man you know doesn't have anything to do with being a good man but that doesn't mean you can't be a good man as yeah. well and they're and not that, mutually exclusive at all. And I've made that mistake myself in, the, in terms of, you know, you associate, you end up uh, looking for the dudes who are the best at being men. And sometimes they're just shitty human beings. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you, you also have to find, uh, you know, guys who are, who are good guys. And that's, that's who I want to surround myself with in my life. I, I don't want just, you know, it's good to have the dudes who are just good at being men. Uh, they're, they're handy, but uh, you know, it's better to have men who are good at being men who you can actually trust. Mm-hmm. and that they're going to do the right thing uh so uh that's you know i think that that's important as well and uh you know i think that you can balance both no that is that is super important i think that's the perfect perfect point to end on uh jack if people wanted to uh hunt you down on the interwebs where can they find you i'm very easy to find uh <laughs> <laughs> My website is jack-donovan.com uh, and I may or may not start updating that more often, but uh, my main thing is Instagram. You're on Instagram too. I think we have the exact same number of followers. I think I saw Are that. Day. I think it's like 25.6. I think is where we're both at as of today. I looked at, I looked you up and I was so at podcasts. Oh I man, we, we are, we are exactly. I know. <laughs> Except you are um, at, you're at 666 posts right now. So, uh, yeah, you, better, yeah, yeah. you better watch out. You might get, you might get struck by lightning and I don't think it's coming from uh, Thor. I'm, I'm, having fun, I'm, having, I'm having fun playing with that. It's been at 666 for like, like a month and a half. I just, I just delete one of the old ones. I was going to say, time. are you like archiving one and then bringing them? Yeah, I knew, it's just I a good it. reason to edit the old crap out. You know, yeah. I mean, I didn't think of that before I got there, but I was like, we'll just play with this for a while. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, Instagram, my Instagram is uh, at start the world. And uh, that's, that's my medium of choice because as I said, I went to art school and I like to make cool pictures. So that's the kind of how I like to introduce my information right now. I was going to say you have you have a very definite style on the uh, on the Instagram page. Um, yes, and I would not looking at your page. I would not expect you to have been an artist at all. I mean, I can recognize somebody <laughs> that has a good good style, but uh, I would not have, uh, you know expect you to come out and be like, oh yeah, I was an art major. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> No. Boy, am it's I just, good at Lightroom. Let me tell yeah. you. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, everybody's got everybody's got their way. You've also you're also the owner of Brutal Company. If you want to just give a quick shout out to that, yeah, yeah, Brutal Company. That's uh, kind of my T-shirt line, and uh, it's mostly kind of heathen uh, oriented things, but also things that have to do with slogans. Like I said, that uh, slogan I talked about: life is conflict, peace is death. I have a shirt for that. And also the most popular essay I've ever written, uh, the most shared, especially in the gun community is uh, violence is golden. And uh, that's, you can find that if you just Google Jack Donovan, violence is golden, it's there. And uh, I have a t-shirt out that that says that Mm -hmm. right now. So that's kind of one of my, that's, that's a perennial thing for me. It's one of those things that keeps on giving. There's some guy who made a meme of some face that's not even mine. 
and has a quote from Violence is Golden at the top of it. And it's been shared so many times. I, I don't know who made it. I don't know where it came from. That's but crazy. Uh, thanks, guy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, I'll make sure to link to all of uh, all this on the show notes page. And Jack, thanks so much. I had a blast chatting with you, man. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me on. All right, y'all, that'll do it for episode 122 of The Wild Initiative. Big thank you to Jack for taking the time out of his day to hop on a call with me. Make sure y'all check out the show notes page at thewildinitiative.com slash 122 to get links to everything we talked about in today's episode. Also, make sure you pick up a copy of The Way of Men. Check out Jack's whole series. I think you'll find it to be a really interesting read. Also, y'all, if you are starting a podcast or a brand or you just need a website update, make sure y'all head on over to thewildinitiative.com, click on that media tab and go check out my website design offerings and finally i'll make sure you head on over to livebearded.com get entered to win that ten thousand dollars pick up some awesome products and make sure y'all use code twi10 for 10 percent off your order all right y'all that'll do it for today looking forward to next week but in the meantime i hope this podcast inspired you to get involved get outdoors and plan your initiative for the wild Thank you for listening to The Wild Initiative. Please take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher and head on over to thewildinitiative.com to get show notes, check out the blog, gear discounts, other podcasts from The Wild Initiative family, and more. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.